Sin acknowledges and pays respect to the owners of the land of the House of Sin and where the studios stand, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Sin also acknowledges and pays respect to the elders and traditional owners of the lands our content reaches, as well as the radio stations we broadcast from across the nation. Welcome back to Cricket by Dummies, the radio equivalent of the Sheffield Shield. Yeah, so it's terrible. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that glowing endorsement right there, Alex. So um, I just, I'm just getting it out of the way early because I'm very excited about the fact that we have a fantastic show lined up for everyone here tonight. Um, not only is it ashes happening literally right now, like as in, in the time that we've been talking, a ball has just been bowled. <laughs> yeah, how cool is that? We're literally live. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, so we will be updating you about the ashes as, uh, as it goes along through tonight. Um, we'll be talking some ashes. We're also going to be talking about, because it's been raining in Melbourne over the past week and in Adelaide as well where the test is going on, we're going to be talking about what's the best thing to do when the rain is barking down. What should you be doing to keep yourself occupied? And as well as that... We're going to be crossing live, and by live I mean five hours ago, to our new reporters, Lachlan Ross and Alex Henry, who are on the scene at the Sheffield Shield. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to do a fantastic job. I just have an inkling. Yeah, I think it's going to be some very exciting content. But first, we're going to go to the West Indies-New Zealand game. So the West Indies are touring New Zealand right now, and we'll talk a little bit about the game in later detail. But the biggest highlight probably from the game was the incident where a young West Indies batsman, um, what was his name? I don't actually have it in front of me. Um, we'll get it up in a second. So the poor guy, he's on debut and he steps back onto his own stumps on the first ball. He gets a ba- bouncer from uh, Wagner, the New Zealand left arm quick. Who does some very nasty bounces. He does. He took bad. a lot of wickets in this game, mostly as a result of bounces. And he he steps back onto his own stumps, first ball, the poor guy, and... It made me think, is this possibly the worst way to get out in cricket? Yeah, so the name was Sunil Umbris. Okay, yeah. Um, it made me think of my own experience, which I haven't actually told you about yet, so be excited for this. Um, when I played two weeks ago, because nobody played on the weekend because it was raining, um, when I played two weeks ago, I got myself set, got in, was on seven off about like 15 balls. Wait, can we just add something to the story? You don't get set off. No, I do, I do not More get often set off. You're <laughs> out in the first 10 balls, then you make it to 11 balls. Yeah, I do not get set off. And so this in itself was something special. Um, you I got can't myself, waste the opportunity. <laughs> exactly. I got myself set, got a full toss on a leg spinner, which I then decided to miss and got bowled. So tell us, like, let us know, what do you think is the worst way to get out? I mean, stepping back on your stumps your first game in international cricket, that's pretty bad. Getting bowled by a full toss from a leg spinner, that's pretty bad as well. What do you think are some of the worst ways to get well, out, Chuck? I've actually just watched the video right now uh, of him stepping on his stumps. It wasn't even a bad bouncer. It was kind of just up at rib height. And the guy's just, he's just like, st- he started like behind the crease line. Like, that's just, you don't start that far back. You're meant to have one in front of the crease and one behind the crease, generally speaking, from my professional cricketing opinion. <laughs> um, I, I think when you said for me to come up with the worst way to get out, I think it would be so you have a slow tweaker, so not even like a spinner. He's just a tweaker. He's not a very good player whatsoever. 
slow tweaker comes in, just bowls an absolute pie. It's like a half tracker, right? Yeah. And you come down the wicket and you do this almighty heave of your bat, right? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're hell-bent on hitting this for six. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you're halfway down the wicket, essentially. And then all that happens is it just hits high on the bat and it just spoons really slowly to short mid-wicket. <laughs> so it goes all of about six or seven metres. And you've, like, swung like Chris Gale would, but yeah, it's yeah. gone about that far. I think that's about as bad as it could get. But at least you hit the ball. <laughs> That's what I'll say, is I didn't hit the ball, and that was rather embarrassing for me. Yeah, but what if the ball was going so slow that if you missed it the first time, you could hit it a second time? Do you mean, like, <laughs> the time when you were bowling and in a particular game with me and you bowled a half-tracker that was so short it almost bounced twice and the batsman then proceeded to club that to, <laughs> to mid-on who took a good catch? Yeah, that's arguably the worst wicket of my life. Have I said that on this show yet? I don't know if you have, but I'm glad we brought it up now because that was a hilarious moment for me. I mean, it was nearly a wide on the offside <laughs> and the guy dragged it to mid-on. Like, how is that even possible? When I got the wicket, I was just like, I did not deserve that. I will take it. But... It's also one of the slowest deliveries I've ever seen bowled at senior level. And considering we were playing in like Division 5 at the time, that's saying something. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Your support is, is is comforting. We're going to be back with some of our normal stuff, including the news after this. But first, the Rubens with Hoops. That was the Rubens Hoops here on Sin 90.7 FM. You're here with Alex and Chalk for Cricket by Dummies. And the action is happening literally right now. Oh, my God. So much excitement. Calm down. <laughs> the blood's just rushing a bit too much, Alex. Yeah, I know. I'm just way too excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bring you down. Uh, okay. I don't know how actually Australia's no, winning. Everyone and dominating. should stay up. Like, yeah. stay keen. The English have been rolled. They're all out for 227. So let's get excited. The Australians are back in. They're currently one for 37, having made eight for 442 declared in the first innings. Lachlan Ross, what have your thoughts been? Well, you know England's going bad when Sean Marsh makes an unbeaten 126. <laughs> <laughs> actually, when just when Sean Marsh is having a good series. You know you're going very poorly. I think that's an indictment on the Australian team as well, is that we're at a point in our side right now where we're, we are relying on Sean Marsh to dig us out of trouble. That is, two tests in a row, we have had the day saved for us by Sean Marsh. Admittedly, Steve Smith did also feature just a little bit just in a that little, first... He, you know, he played a side cameo. Oh, uh, look, Sean Marsh was a real star. Steve Smith was a little bit involved, but um, <laughs> Sean Marsh was a real star, and now he saved us again in this second test. And I think the nation owes Sean Marsh a great debt. Yeah, well, he's well. I don't think he's owed anything. He's been given like, how many times has it been dropped? Is it eight now? Um, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And he's been in and out of the test side for the last seven years through form, injury, a whole bunch of reasons. But this this could be it. I think this might be the last time Sean Marsh comes in before he goes out for last time. If you get what I mean. Yeah. So if he got dropped again, he'd never. Come yeah. Back. This this will be the last time. And. It wouldn't be dropped as a result of, like, he's going to be dropped in, like, three months' time or something. It'll be dropped in there. He's been in the side for a year and a half, and he's just too old. It'll okay. be that kind of dropped. Like, Ricky Ponting was eventually dropped, and Michael Clark was eventually dropped. They weren't dropped, dropped, but they were like, you're too old. It's time for you to retire, dropped. I would wait and see until he goes overseas and has a tour overseas. And but he bats he... well overseas. That's his strength. He's made centuries in South Africa, in the UAE, and in India, which is more than most of the Australian batsmen have. <laughs> yeah, it's more than me, actually, as well. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I've actually made a century on... Did you uh, make a century in England? Well, Ricky Ponting 2007 <laughs> counts, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be talking more about Ricky Ponting 2007 later. But back to the Ashes. Um, a lot of problems for the English. Don't know where to start. I think, for me, the biggest is their batting lineup is just is a complete shambles right now. Is 
I'm happy for you to tear about the bowlers, but for me, it's just so weak. Is We thought going into this series, how many of them were going to be dominant? Is we thought it'll be Root and Cook and the rest of them won't make any runs. Turns out they're all about the same. Is it? I mean, with the exception of Cook, who's been a bit poor, is the rest of the English batsmen, Stoneman, Vince, Root, Milan, Ali and Bester, are all averaging between 24 and 34, which is just not enough. It's no, if yeah. if they keep averaging at the way they're they're going, is they're destined for a score between two fifty and three hundred every match. And that's six hundred raw runs is not going to win you a test match. No, of course not. And so, I mean, you've got to look look at the likes of Joe Roots, the captain's averaging twenty five for the series from three innings. It's only three innings. He's got more than enough time to turn this around. But if he doesn't start Does he making, though? well, that, that's what I was going to say. Is if he doesn't make start making runs in the second innings and in the next test, then the series is gone. That's yeah, it for it England. It won't matter if he makes double hundred after double hundred and test three, four, and five. The series will be well and truly dusted by yeah. then. So he needs to find some form as well. Uh, Mom Ali has batted pretty well, but his average of 34, I don't think represents how good of a batsman he is. And in particular for me, the big one is, besides Cook, of course, because we know Cook, Jimmy Bairstow's averaging, Johnny Bairstow's averaging... 24 with the bat right now. This is a guy that came to our shores as one of the best wicket-keeper batsmen going around in the world right now. I'd argue behind DeCock, he's probably number two. And that's just not good enough. An average of 24, he's been a bit a bit impatient, I would, I would say is the right term to use. Um, he got out playing that strange pull shot in the first innings in the last game. And then in this game, look, got himself set. Looked like he was going to go on and really dig in for England before just hitting a chance straight to Mitchell Stark. I, I just have a lot of problems with their batting order. And if these guys that they're relying on aren't going to start making runs soon, this is going to be the pattern for the test. Australia will keep making 400, 450-ish, and England will keep making 250, 300. Yeah, it's when your two most experienced batsmen, Cook and Root, aren't delivering, then you're obviously going to rely on the other guys more. And it, it was interesting because coming into the test, Stoneman and Milan in particular were making runs, against, albeit against um, Sheffield Shield sides, but they were still making some really good scores. And you thought, okay, these newer guys might be able to cut it in Australia where it's a bit more favourable for batsmen. Um, but that just hasn't happened. They've, you know, Stoneman had a solid first test, but it... You can't just make 50s. If you want your average to be up in the 50s, when you make your 50, you've got to go on and make 100. I think as an opening batsman, you can justify him a little more. He's playing that Chris Rogers role where it's... Um you're not necessarily going to make big hundreds, but you're designed to go in there and just see the shine off the new ball so that Joe Root doesn't have to go out there 10 minutes into day one. Like, that's really the whole point of an opening batsman is to save your best batsman till later in the day. And I think he's doing that. I mean, the lowest score he's made was 18 off about 50 balls. So even then, he's seen the end of the new ball, which I think is important for him. It's... Don't get me wrong, he'd like to see more runs, but I don't think he's as much the issue. Um, Let's talk the Aussies, though, because it's been good and bad for them so far. I think the biggest real weakness was that when we look back at that day one in particular and a little bit of day two as well, it was how many of them got out in the 40s and 50s. David yeah. uh, David Warner was the first to go departing of of the batsmen who got in the forties and fifties. He went for forty seven. Uh, Kawaja then went for fifty three. Smith went for forty. Hanskin went for thirty six. And then Marsh came in and you, he was in like the forties and fifties. You you were like, well, if he gets out now, then then it's just we're in a lot of trouble. And there was a whole series of reviews, which was a fantastic bit of cricket than anyone that saw it, where. Um, 
Marsh and Payne were both given out for it then to be reviewed and both of them overturned. And you're thinking, Jesus, we've had these batsmen get starts and just not going on with it. And that's the difference between Australia and England right now is that Marsh went on with it, really, is that more of them got starts, yes, but a lot of the English batsmen is Cook made 37, um, Ali 25, Besto 21, Wokes 36. These guys all got starts and went nowhere. And Marsh was the difference in the end. His big knock is the one that's going to separate these two sides. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you there. It was quite good, the reviews. They were within like two or three overs of each other. <laughs> yeah. It was just absolute chaos out in the middle. Um but yeah, you're right. Sean Marsh going on and making a big score is the difference. Who would have thought, if I said to you at the start of the series, not only is Sean Marsh going to play at number six, but he's going to be the difference in the Adelaide <laughs> test. So he's making it to the second test. He's yeah. not getting dropped. Yeah. Sean Marsh is going to be the difference. It's incredible stuff. Quote that. <laughs> uh, Nathan Lyon was superb again. Four for 60. He's just, he's tearing Ali up. And it, it's just all these little matchups like Smith v. Root, Ali v. Lyon, um, even Warner v. Cook as such, uh, the two experienced openers, that Australia's just winning every single one of them. Um, you can look at the bowlers as well. And if they keep winning every single one of them, chances are you're going to win the match. Oh, really? Is, is that what happens? Because like I if, usually figure that if you lose most of the matchups, usually you end up uh, winning the series. Well, like, if you have Steve Smith, <laughs> anything's possible. Uh, definitely. Um I agree, lines bob beautifully. One of the biggest talking points coming out of this game isn't even the match itself. It's actually what's going on in New Zealand right now is Ben Stokes has flown over to New Zealand to play for Canterbury, I believe, Canterbury, yeah. in the uh, local New Zealand like, T20 competition. Um, he flew in for his game and it was like, oh, look, Ben Stokes, incredible internationally talented cricketer. He's going to come in, be extremely dominant and win us this match. And yeah, that's not what happened. No, that's not what happened at all. He scored a mighty two. Yes. They actually got 350 people down to the ground, by the way. <laughs> that's probably like a crowd record. That's a lot more than we had at the Shield today. <laughs> yes, that is considerably more than we had at the Shield today. But no, Stokes didn't really perform. But those New Zealand wickets are a bit harder. But the New Zealand first-class cricketers aren't as difficult as the Australian ones. No. I think is an important uh, justification to make. The one question I think we have to ask out of this is the fact that he hasn't started well Stokes. He's got a poor run. I think he's going to play at least one or two more games. Does that affect whether or not they're going to rush him back into the side? Does it mean that maybe they might give him more time over there before they throw him back into England? Or are we going to see him for the third test, do you reckon? I don't know. I think it's quite weird because New Zealand's more like England in the pitches that the ball just swings like crazy. Um, whereas Australian conditions are quite different. You'd be better off sending Stokes to South Africa. Um, That's a little further away from Australia, though. No, but in terms <laughs> of getting acclimatised to the pitches as such, uh, Stokes got added into the ODI squad today, actually. Oh, did he? So Interesting. I don't know if that means they're going to progress onto, like, say, the fourth and fifth test. I don't think he'll be in the third test. Well, the third test is still two weeks away, so there's still more than enough time for make them to make the call. We'll be back with more content. We've still got the news for you to come later, and we're going to have a little bit of time travel in the show as well. Get excited for that. But first, we will give you a little bit of Klingon Day in Jubel. This is Sin 90.7 FM. You just listened to Klingon Day, Jubel, and we are Cricket by Dummies. My name is Alex Henry. With me, as always, Chuck. And there's been a wicket. Because live cricket's just the greatest thing ever. Actually, it's kind of sad that we can't actually watch the game live. Anyways, uh, Kawaja was just given out LBW to Anderson. A rather dubious decision. Yeah, so I've just seen it. And it's it's pretty rough on Kawaja, I'm not going to lie. Um, just looking at it, I, I'm thinking that 
uh, it's just, I mean, if Shaw Marsh's one was giving in uh, the benefit of the doubt towards the English, and I know they're not the same because we'll get into umpire's call and all that different stuff, but just looking at this one, it looks to me like it's impacting just inside the line and it's just hitting the stumps. It's like, oh, I can understand why it's out, but I feel bad for Usman Kawaja. Yeah, and he reviewed it, didn't he? And it was given to umpire's call, so that's a review not gone for Australia under the new rules. I don't know if you're all aware of it, but essentially in the past, if uh, you reviewed and it was umpire's call so it didn't get overturned, you'd lose a review. But these days, if it's umpire's call, you keep it. If it's not, then you don't get to keep it. Um, and you don't get a replenishment of your reviews after 80 overs, which is better, I think, because otherwise what teams were doing in the past is if they were at the 76 over, they'd review everything because yeah. they know they're going to get them back. Yeah, definitely. Um so the score now leaves Australia at two for 41. Um, and yeah, so it's two for 41. I believe they're about 15 overs in. 20 overs in. 20 overs in. <laughs> solid, solid facts there. Solid professionalism <laughs> right there, Alex. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I think I think. 15. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do three things at once because I'm right now trying to set us up for our interview with us. What? 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 That doesn't make sense. I know. So, to explain, we went to the Sheffield Shield earlier and we interviewed us in the past. What? I know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we are now going to cut to... Uh, we're not going to cut to it. We are going to now interview ourselves in the past um, right now. And so, let's talk to them. Alex and Chuck, what have you seen so far at the Sheffield Shield? Day's gone slower than Rob Quiney's meds against South Africa at the Gabba. 20 minutes of play and 40 minutes of admiring the groundskeeper's ass. I mean, the grass. The grass. Well, this is your first time reporting ever. What's it been like, guys? Well, to be honest, I'm not actually sure if we're allowed to be here. We're just avoiding eye contact with absolutely everyone. Which is made a lot easier when people don't want to make eye contact with us. Uh, Glenn Maxwell's made a very impressive 96 today. What have you made of his innings? Spoilers, he's only on 65 right now. You've just ruined the rest of the movie for us. This oh. thing has 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was so looking forward to this. Wait a sec. If you're from the future, what did England end up making? Well, England ended up making... What did they end up making, Alex? 227. Ha! I told you so. That's one to Alex, zero to Chuck. <laughs> uh, Ashton Agar has returned from injury in this game. How's he been doing so far? Well, we tried to speak to him, but he's actually not allowed to talk to us because we're not really official press. Why did you guys even send us down here? Neither of us are journalists. Yeah, that's a very fair point. Uh, <laughs> maybe we didn't think that one through. Maybe uh, we need new reporters, actually. <laughs> maybe we need, yeah, new everything. <laughs> Just clean us all out. Uh, I heard there was a dramatic moment when Max Ower was caught off a no ball today. What? He wasn't out? I swear, I thought he was out. We really should be concentrating more. <laughs> you know what? It's really fortunate you guys don't have a radio show. Yeah, there would be an absolute travesty <laughs> if they had a radio show. What's the atmosphere down like there today? It is absolutely buzzing down here. Oh, wait. That's just my phone. <laughs> Anyways, to answer your question, let me count the crowd quickly. Yep, as I suspected, only two hands required. Yeah, they 
got 350 in Queensland to a first class match and they couldn't even get 10 there today. No. That's that's ridiculous. Very honestly. Poor. The Sheffield Shield just isn't delivering, is it, Alex? No. Um who looks to be on top at the moment, guys? I'm pretty sure the team in white is winning. Speaking of white, he's just hit a lovely off drive for four. He's now 13 not out and looking good. Well, he actually ended up on uh, 53 not out at Stumps, guys. So um, you clearly know nothing. Yeah, you clearly can't see the future. Like, that's unbelievable. You guys should be sacked. <laughs> Are you at least enjoying your experience down there? Sheffield Shield and enjoyment just don't go in the same sentence. I couldn't have put it better myself. <laughs> Okay, thanks for your work down Before there, we too, go, guys. Alex, you are looking fine today. Well, thank you, Alex. You're so kind. I just surely wanted to say, I mean, I think, I think you're looking very fine yourself. Well, thanks for the report, fellas. <laughs> I think that was pretty fantastic stuff. Um, those guys down there, they definitely don't know what they're doing, but they're trying, and that's what counts. Well, it fits in with what we're doing in our show, aren't they? It's almost like they're like us. It's almost like they are like us. In fact, maybe they are a little bit like us. In fact, maybe... No, they, they, they couldn't be us, could they? It didn't sound like us. We no. wouldn't be so unprofessional. <laughs> no, unprofessionalism is never what we do here on Cricket by Dummies, the world's most unprofessional show. No, no, it'd be an absolute cardinal sin of the show to do that. <laughs> We're going to be back with the news after a bit of Lady Gaga. I don't know about you, I like some Lady Gaga. I like it when it's just you and I around. <laughs> <laughs> this is Lady Gaga, you and I. That was Lady Gaga, you and I. You're here on Cricket by Dummies on Sin FM. And Alex, we've got more cricket news because it's live. I don't think we've made a point of that enough yet. Really? Is it's, it live? It, it is Hang live. Can we just check? However, Hang on. Can, we just, can we just check? Is it, is it live? I believe so. I believe it's I, live. I have credible information <laughs> suggesting it's live. And that's you. If that information is me, then we're in trouble. Yeah, that's completely not credible. If that, <laughs> that last interview didn't prove that we're not credible, then no. I don't know what does. However, it's not good news. Uh, David Warner has gone out, and then Steve Smith did everything he could to be out. Uh, <laughs> he reviewed it, though, and uh, the ball was pitching outside leg, thankfully. Surely uh, if he reviews it, doesn't that mean that he's not doing everything he can to get out? Otherwise, he would have just walked off. True. But imagine if that review had failed. Australia has no reviews left and they're 20 overs in. They're four wickets down for about 40. Yeah. Their captain's out. They're only suddenly four for 40 with a first innings lead of 220. is only four for 260. And it's not such a commanding position after all, is it? No. And if that fragile lower order that we know we have flops, then we're suddenly in a lot of trouble. But luckily, we still have Captain Courageous at the crease. Steve Smith, he's six on out. Peter Hanscombe is zero. Australia's 347. And now it's time for... The news. Yes, and we've got not as much news this week. I'm just going to be brutally honest. Normally, <laughs> normally news readers are like, and we have got a bundle of news for you this week. Where are we going to start today, Alex? Oh, we're going to start with India and Sri Lanka. The most thrilling match of all time, as oh, we've discussed oh, yeah. in the past. This is just the greatest test series of all time. Yeah. Well, it's actually quite funny because India came out and made seven for 536 and declared, right? Because they're like, Sri Lanka, can get, uh, Sri Lanka can get nowhere near that, right? We have to talk about that declaration, though, because this was around fascinating circumstances. So for anybody that hasn't followed this, um, around about when India were about four for 500-ish, um, after lunch on day two, uh, a couple of the Sri Lankan players, including uh, the captain, Dinesh Chandamal, came out with face masks covering their faces because the smog in India is so bad. Um, it's being played in New Delhi right now, I believe. Um, and yep. the 
New Delhi is currently going through this smog storm and it's this horrible situation where um, even the, the local ministers are calling it like some kind of like like horrible situation. I can't remember the exact phrase you used. But um, it's so bad that the Sri Lankan doctors had to like come out to the field and say, listen, we don't know if it's actually safe to keep playing in this. They were extremely worried about it. And of course, Virat Kohli, who's 215 not out at this point, is like, nah, let's keep playing. <laughs> Whereas the Sri Lankan batsmen who were having a bowl to him, uh, bowlers were having a bowl to him were going, yeah, no, I don't think I want to be here anymore. And um, they played, they were kept stopping and starting the game for a little while on and off before eventually Virat Kohli was like, listen, I, I think if I don't declare, they're going to keep postponing play and we might not be able to get back on because it's, it's like bad light in the sense that once bad light hits it's not going to get any better no i mean this smog storm isn't exactly going to go away so if they went off for it if it got that bad then they're not going to go back out again so virakoli declared sent the Sri Lankans in and they're currently eight for 342 they were actually doing really well at one point they were four for 305 but have since then completely collapsed um Sander, um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce this game, but I really should just for our professionalism's sake. I believe his name is Samarawikrama. Yeah, that's one of the longest last names I've ever seen in professional cricket. That was a pretty cricket. good attempt at it. <laughs> so when he went for 33, it sparked a collapse with Silva, Dikwella and Lakmal all going in the space of a few overs. And suddenly they're 8 for 343. The captain, Dinesh Chanamal, still at the crease. He's 133 not out. Angelo Matthews having made 111 before. For the bowlers, guess who? Ravi Ashwin's got three for. <laughs> oh, jeez. Who would have thought that? Yeah, I know. Big shock, that one. And uh, we mentioned it in passing before, but we should give credit to Virat Kohli, who hit another double century, 243 he made in the end, uh, as well as 155 from Murali Vijay, which helped India post that massive total. Yeah, well, it was interesting with the smog you were talking about because uh, someone um, posted on Twitter, Harsha Bogle, I think its name, has been said a long, long time since I've been a test match where a test team didn't have enough people left to field. Sri Lanka's physio and fielding coach were changed and ready. Yeah, so what happened with that was um, the S- Sri Lanka's uh, quick bowlers, in particular um, the... I'm just going to get his name here. Uh, Lakmal. Lakmal it was. Um, he was throwing up like in between overs he was like that sick and um, the other quick uh gamage, hero gamage yeah. yeah um he was also really struggling so both of them when they weren't bowling would go off and um if you'll anyone notice if you look at this sh- uh sri lanka's bowling figures half of them have unfinished overs and that's because they would do overs then just be too sick to continue and have to go off the field so what's that's in reference to is the fact that at one point sri lanka had like five players off the field and all of their reserve players that they brought along with them were geared up and on the field fielding because um, anybody that was bowling was basically too sick and tired as a result of this pollution to stay on the field. And so that's why they, they thought they might have to have the doctor and trainer on the field at one point. Yeah, it's quite an interesting uh, human rights situation. <laughs> it is actually like a really interesting situation aside from all of the joking cricket perspectives. Yeah, Virat Kohli didn't seem to care about <laughs> the human rights part. He he just wanted a test win against the mighty Sri Lanka. Oh, Obviously, the, a big series on his calendar. The fearsome Sri Lanka. Yeah. Well, I, I suppose it's like the rivals for them, though. So it is actually kind of a big deal, yeah. even if they're not that good. Um, West Indies is playing New Zealand. Well, it's just finished. I was about to say right now, but it should have been right now had it not finished about two or three days too early. Uh, what happened in the test, Chuck? Uh, well... You, West Indies came out and they made a very, very big score, actually. They made 134. That's, that's actually quite decent by their standards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They actually are, you know, they 
they improved. That's the ruin that West Indies cricket is in right now. Yeah, we love seeing our teams when they improve, actually. <laughs> and when they defy from the social medium. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's a big thing for us. And then New Zealand came out and they made nine for 520 declared. They had a debutante. That's the first time I've ever said it as debutante, by the way. I normally say debutant. Oh, that's just wrong. I'm glad you're saying debutante now because that's, you know, proper English. Yeah, I, I don't do proper English. No. Anyways, uh, they had a first gamer score a century, and it was quite an <laughs> interesting century, wasn't it? Uh, he certainly had everyone on the edge of his, their seats. Um, so this was a great situation. Uh, he batted with Colin de Gramer for most of it, and de Gramer got to about... Uh, he was 105. on 105 when he got out and um, this youngster, Blundell, who's 27, some backup keeper that's only filling in because Watling's injured. Um, he's filling in. He comes in at number eight. He's not even given the regular keeper position at seven. It's about 60-odd when De Grande got out and um, the rest of New Zealand tailed and folded pretty quickly up until the last man, Trent Bolt, um, put on a, a really decent resistance, ended up hitting five of that, like, 60 balls. And... Um, so basically, he ended up on stumps about 80-something not out, I believe, um, going into the next day. And then the next morning, came out and clubbed 10 off the first over <laughs> and basically said, I'm not, I'm not going to wait for, <laughs> for Bolt to try and get out this no, morning. I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> um, and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it myself and try and get that century quickly. Um, he then had a very stressful next two overs where uh, Bolt... Um, actually hit a, uh, a single at the end of the over and ended up keeping himself back keeping on strike. Surely you send it back. <laughs> in, in this period in which he got given out once, um, which was then overturned, he got dropped once and um, had a couple close more shouts before eventually um, the young man, whose name is Blundell, uh, got, got his century, uh, which is a fantastic moment for him. He ended 107 not out when... Um, who's the New Zealand captain? Kane Williamson? Yep. Kane Williamson declared, sent the West Indies back in where they proceeded to roll them for a pretty, pretty poor 319. Better than their first innings. <laughs> should yeah, give them credit. It's, it's an improvement, Alex. <laughs> I thought you would recognize that. Uh, I think that's the last time Trent Bolt's ever going to face 60 balls in an innings. It though. almost certainly will be, definitely. Uh, Braithwaite got 91 in the second innings. And um, Wagner really was the star for the New Zealand with the ball, as we talked about earlier, he took seven far in the first innings, five of which were getting rid of those top order batsmen with some short pitch bowling. These West Indies batsmen were just not used to it. And he bounced them and he bounced them out. Yeah. He's one of the most interesting cases because he's not a talented, particularly talented bowler. He's doesn't swing it much. Doesn't really seem it. uh, Doesn't bowl particularly quickly, but he just does everything right. And he tries all day long. He never gives up. And that's something that, is really nice to have in a, a bowler because I feel like every side needs that. You have like your two strike bowlers, then your third fast bowler needs to be your grip um, guy. So Australia's is Josh Hazelwood, for instance, and he does a really good job of that. I uh, can't say I was convinced by him at the start of his career, but you can't argue with seven for against the West Indies. Like they're so they're such a mighty so, yeah, side. No, such decent opposition. Um, you know, since we've started talking, that Sri Lanka has now lost another wicket, so they're now nine for three hundred and forty-three, and about to be all out. Their number seven, eight, nine, ten have contributed an entire six runs. Talk about the tail wag. That, that <laughs> is a tail wag that, that if is, I've ever seen one. That is defiant batting from the tail. Uh, let's talk Sheffield Shield. Um, it's been an interesting couple of days in the Sheffield Shield. Let's start with WA Victoria. Um, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but um, WA were rolled quite convincingly by Victoria across uh, day one. 243. Um, 
pretty average total. Bazisto was the best of the batsmen. He chipped in with 57. Um, the spinners did well for Victoria. Uh, in Holland took 3 for 56 and Fuzzy took 3 for 58. And then today, uh, as we mentioned earlier, Glenn Maxwell 96 and Cameron White 53. Uh, Tasmanian New South Wales is day three of this game. Uh, day one, uh, no play. <laughs> day two, no play. Day three, uh, Tasmania made 392, <laughs> four down. Yeah, they did it quite quickly, didn't they? Uh, they certainly got the motors going. Yeah, and with day one and two being uh, cancelled due to rain, they actually ended up playing 110 overs today. That is such a long day. Can you imagine being in the field for that long and only taking four wickets? It's just Ouch. lucky it's in Tasmania. If it's in like Western Australia, it rains out the first two days, then it's like 38 <laughs> the degrees the next day. and you're in the field. <laughs> Luckily, those days in Tasmania are like 16. <laughs> yeah, do you even do the toss if the first two days are going to certainly be right like if you're on, there on day one do you do the toss i don't know to be honest they might not have done it till day three because it, is it fair to the sides because you don't know what you're deciding yeah it's a good point because imagine if on like day one you did the toss right and you're like okay gloomy conditions but we should get a lot of play in your bat yeah. no no it's like oh it looks like it'll be nice and comfortable in the field it's not going to be too hot yeah we're definitely going to field this <laughs> two days later it's 38 degrees <laughs> and all your uh, players are looking at you like you're the devil <laughs> definitely uh jordan silk made a century for the tasmanian he hit 104 and then three different players made 70s uh jack doran the young batsman alex Dullin, the experienced veteran and matthew wade is 72 not out south australia is hosting queensland in our final game the south australians made a very impressive 485 in their first innings. Uh, Captain Travis Head made 132 early on before Alex Carey made his first ever century in uh, first-class level, um, really throwing his name back into the mix if Tim Payne were to be injured, uh, maybe with a potential finger injury that had reoccurred as a result of being hit in the hand. Now, if that hypothetical situation yeah, were to come true, uh, definitely not real, that one. Uh, Alex Carey's definitely thrown his name in there with 135, giving Matthew Wade competition with his 72. Uh, Steve Smith's out. No way, you serious? Steve Smith just got out to Artworks, isn't reviewing it. He's gone. Oh, no. All right, we'll get back to more of that in a second, but the final thing on this game... Um, very excited that uh, Mitchell Swepson's taking uh, five wicket hauls. He took 536. And then one thing I'm disappointed in is Marcus Labashagnik <laughs> took three wickets. Seems to be involved in the play just to frustrate me because I have to say his name. Yeah, it's obviously a blight on you. He's, <laughs> he's just playing well. Just to annoy you. I know, and it is so annoying. Joe Burns is 67, not out for the Queenslanders. Uh, we'll be back with some more ashes and what to do in the rain delay after Dean Lewis waves. Dean Lewis waves, just side note, it's an awesome song. Uh, not so good a side note, though, is the Australian team. So Australia had the chance to enforce the follow-on. They were up by 220 runs, I believe. Uh, there or thereabouts, and they didn't. And this is what some people would describe as the beauty of the day-night test, the fact that it's tactics when you bat. Because at the moment, Australia's batting in the night conditions with a new ball, and they're 52 for four. And they're making a test match which should have been over very interesting. And I kind of like this about the day-night test. What's your thoughts on it, Alex? Um, I, I agree. I think, is especially in a situ situation like this, you can't blame the day-night ball because Steve Smith could have sent them back in. Is That's the beauty of this situation is Steve Smith has had a choice to make. Is He's gone, do I send them back in under light, see if we get three or four wickets at the top order, see if we can really pretty much end the match. If they had, a, if they had been four for 50 stumps, the English, instead of us, right, that would have been game over. That Even if they'd gotten limped to 250 tomorrow, they would have been setting us 30 to win. Yeah. If, there was no way they were going to win that game, right? 
Whereas instead, Steve Smith's made a decision and gone, no, if, I, if, we, if we can get at least through tonight, maybe one or two down, then we've got all day tomorrow we can bat for four or five hours, make sure they're chasing 550, and then still have a day and a half to bowl them out. And in playing that risk, by losing 4 for 52, we're now suddenly only 270 ahead four down. And that's still like a decent position. It's not, it's not the end of the world. And um, even if we were to go, uh, let's say we rolled out for 150 here, we're still setting them 370, which is still pretty big total to chase. But it's just an unnecessary risk that didn't need to be taken, I think. And Steve Smith will look back at it and see it that way. Yeah, it will be like Joe Root looking back at uh, bowling first, perhaps. Yep. Uh, he'll look back at it and go, that's probably not the smartest thing to have done because, yeah, you're right. If Australia got England four for nothing, it would be uh, game over indeed. But it's nice to have some different tactics in it, and I'm sure the captains will eventually adjust to it. Definitely. Um, now, there's been a lot of rain going on in Melbourne over the last week. Over yes. the country. <laughs> yes, definitely over the country, but in particular Melbourne. Uh, we've had flooding in several areas, and anyone that was supposed to play local-level cricket this weekend had their games cancelled. Mine were cancelled on Thursday. I believe most around the state were cancelled on Thursday. Um the Sheffield Shield has been limped by rain over the last few days. We talked about the Tasmania-New South Wales game. Uh, the test has seen rain. So one of the big topics is, is when the cricket is raining, what do you do? To be fair, this isn't actually a big topic at the moment, but we're going <laughs> to... We're going gonna... to make it a big topic because we have time to fill. Yeah, but also because we don't normally do useful information on this. We just talk about cricket, which is kind of useful, kind of not. This is actually going to be our highly unhelpful guide to what to do in the rain. Yes. So what is the best thing to do in the rain? Well, let's start with step one. Let's say you're at the MCG and it's raining and you can't watch the cricket. There's nothing to do. What do you do? You go find a stairwell and you play the famous stairwell cricket. Stairwell cricket is like, it, it, it's just it. It's, it's the purest <laughs> form of cricket. Do you think they started playing... Cr- honestly, though, I was being sarcastic, but now that I think about this, do you think they honestly started playing cricket on turf wickets that had been rolled out in a big field? No. No, it was... It stairwells. Was stairwells. <laughs> the, in the grounds That's that they built originated. for cricket, it <laughs> yeah. was... <laughs> cricket hadn't stairwells. been invented, but, yeah. you know, in the stairwells that they made for those grounds. Yeah. No, stairwell cricket is... A bundle of joy, especially if you do it on like the second or third level. Yeah, because then you don't want to hit it down the gaps. Because if you hit it down the gaps, you're out. Yeah, that's one of the rules. And batting with a water bottle is extremely difficult. Yeah, you, that's the idea of this. You don't actually take a proper bat. There's far too much skill, <laughs> uh, lack of skill in that required. Whereas if you have a drink bottle, do you go with the drink bottle that's full, or do you go with the one that's not so full? See, do you um, go with the plastic ones or the slightly heavier like metal ones? I think I think the important thing is don't go for something with that's half full. If you go for something with half full, then it's sloshing around. You're losing your balance in the in the water bottle in mid swing. So you either choose something that's full, and that way you, you've got the strength, or empty, and you've got the speed. I think you got to pick one. I think that's important. The important thing is though, if you're going to the cricket this summer, make sure you've got a drink bottle and a tennis ball. Actually, have two <laughs> tennis balls because imminently, especially if you play on the second and third level, you lose one. Definitely. And when the security guard tells you that you're not allowed to play cricket in the middle of the ground. Go to the next stairwell. You just said in the middle of the ground. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> if you're playing cricket on the middle of the in ground, the I think of the it's stairwell. justified for the security guard to be like, you're not allowed to play what? That yeah. is understandable. I now, can't believe the security guard kicked us off the stairwell. Just saying. <laughs> like, we were having a bundle of joy trying to make the cricket interesting, and he tried to dampen our day. Cinder's not encourage the defiance of rules. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen to security guards, children. Um, let's say you're at home, though, and the cricket is raining. You don't know what to do. How about a bit of hallway cricket? Hallway cricket's always been a favourite of mine. Um, you get your mini autograph bat. Mine, personally, has the signatures of Mike Hussey, Matthew Hayden, Adam Gilchrist, some of the absolute legends of Australian cricket, and you play a bit of hallway cricket. One hand, one bounce. Now, you brought up the fact that quite often... One of the important rules is, are you forced to plat bat on your knees? Yes, it's a big one. Uh, I don't normally play with the tennis ball. I play with like, those rubber balls yeah. that they throw out at the T20 games. So it makes sense to play on your knees, right? Because the ball doesn't bounce as high. and But then it's obviously you don't run. Uh, but I play a lot on my knees. It's, it takes a toll on my knees. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm not as young as I used to be. But no, I play on my knees, but I'm happy to do both. Yeah, definitely a bit of both. And of course... This is assuming that you can't play backyard cricket because it's too rainy. But backyard, backyard cricket in the rain is also fun. Um, Ball skids on. Yeah. One of the things that I know we both enjoy is cricket video games. Now, there have been some absolute classics over the years and some new stuff. If you happen to own the new cricket game, donuts with that. I'm sure it looks pretty decent. In fact, give us a call and we'll come play with you because we want to try it. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the money to, <laughs> to buy it. Um, but if you don't have that one, then maybe some of the old classics on PS2 that I know you and I love. Ricky Ponting 2005 and 2007. You can bat as Michael Clock or Shane Ward. Some of the, <laughs> some of the great Australian players. Some of the greatest names, yeah. actually. Gil Church as well. <laughs> Which I like because it's Gil Christ. So they put Gil Church in there. <laughs> It's great. Um, for those that don't understand what we're on about, um, the Ricky Ponting games in the early 2000s only had the licensing to Ricky Ponting's name, and that was it. So everybody else got um, versions of their names that were slightly different but the same. Yes, pronounced the exact same, actually. Yep. No, you got You have to enjoy that, especially making a, a thousand runs against Bermuda. That, that's as entertaining as it gets. In 2005, the worst side you can play is Bangladesh, and I think my record against them is about 1,600. 1,600? Yeah. Did I remember because I, a, a, I made 700 with Viv Richards, the great Viv Richards. <laughs> the great Viv Richards. Did you do that in about three or four sessions as oh, well? Oh, it took me ages. That took me like 15, 16 hours over the whole period. Yeah, but as in like in terms of the cricket. Oh, no, that it, took me like two sessions. Yeah. It was like it was like. 50 overs. It, at the end of day one, Bangladesh was all had already been bowled out. Bowled out twice, made, and I'd made 1,600 runs. Yeah, and the test was over in one yeah, day. Yeah, it was incredible stuff. One of my favourite things was that um, there was a glitch in Ricky Ponting 05 where um, if you bowled a short ball and you got hit in the arm, it would go into this, like, default video play where you wandered ahead of your crease... Right, it was like the automatic programming. The bowler could then have the option to run in, pick up the ball, field it, and it was a good throw. It was right time. You get run out, and I, <laughs> I remember I was just completely infuriated whenever this would happen because you can't do anything once it goes into that mode. You cannot do anything to move yourself back into the crease, and I was just so angry. Yeah, that that's kind of why you play the old games for those. <laughs> yeah, those, those stupid glitches, like like because you could only throw to the wicket keepers in 05 um, if you threw the ball from in front of the wicket it would go through the batsman <laughs> so you had like this batsman who doesn't isn't really fully solid uh, my favourite thing has to be in 07 because I play 07 is when someone fields it on the boundary line right ha about half the time when they pick up the ball they go to throw it back to the keeper right but they actually aim to throw it about third level into the grandstand <laughs> but the ball still goes to the stumps so he's thrown it like and it's just gone backwards yeah it's just swung and, around and it's, it's quite it's quite a strong wrist when you think about it just like <laughs> flick it at the last second no 
that's always good fun to do when it's raining, just to keep it crickety as well. Definitely. Um, our final cricketing suggestion for what to do when it's raining is, now this one is a personal favourite of mine, is I have Amazing Adelaide on DVD at home. <laughs> so I will quite often <laughs> of put this on. You do. But if you don't have that, um, what you can do, and this is what I did before the current Ashes, is go on YouTube. They have the highlight series of entire Ashes gone by just on there. You can just watch the whole thing in like 40 minutes. It's fantastic. So that's what I recommend. Either watch Amazing Adelaide on DVD at home or go on YouTube, find some Ashes and replace what should have been cricket in your life with more cricket instead. Yeah, because the problem is when they are, when it's raining on TV, right, they just play really boring old tests. Like, yeah. I'm sure they were interesting once upon a time, but, like, this, these three or four options we gave are far more entertaining. Oh, definitely. Uh, you get some exercise as well. Make sure those kids aren't too fat. Well, not if you're doing Ricky Ponting 05 or 07. <laughs> um, no, but, yeah, get out and exercise. Get off the couch. That's a new sin logo um, <laughs> motto. Thanks very much for joining us uh, tonight, everyone. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a good time. Uh, we good. hope you enjoyed our interview with ourselves. Uh, we put a lot of effort into it. And uh, despite its shambolic nature, I, I actually think it was pretty funny. Yeah, you enjoyed it? <laughs> I, I did. There was moments where I cringed, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but we did actually do it like five hours ago. <laughs> just to, I feel like that's a good side note because people could think that we just like talk to ourselves. Just like, hey, Rusley, how was today? Oh, it was good, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually did it five hours ago. <laughs> Um, so yeah thank you everyone for joining us you can find all of our old episodes and if you miss sections of tonight's episode go find it on our Facebook page which is Cricket by Dummies on Facebook um, and I'll link you out to Omni where we have all of our episodes yeah so uh, thanks everyone for listening I'm Chuck. my name's Alex Henry and have a good night